And welcome to the Growing Patriot Podcast, American History for Kids. I am your host, Amelia Hamilton. Now that there was fighting going on in the American Revolution, it was important for soldiers to know who was who, to know which guys were on their side and which were on the other side. And what's important for that? A flag. You might know that Betsy Ross is the woman who made the original American flag. And this week, I have someone from the Betsy Ross House, which is like a museum now, to tell us all about why the flag matters. And after that, Betsy Ross herself will join us. She will answer questions from six-year-old Reagan and four-year-old Adrian about the flag, how it was made, and how it was used. Ready? Here we go. that we have many different names sometimes. My name, but if I would say all my names together, it would be Elizabeth, Griscom, Ross, Ashburn, Claypool. I am best known as I have made something very special for a very I hope someone has heard of George. I'm glad to hear that. Drawing of a flag. Ooh, did kids like the flag? My goodness, all of those are such good questions. First, we're going to talk to our friend from the Betsy Ross house, and then Betsy will be on to answer them. I'm Lisa Acker-Mulder, and I'm the director of the Betsy Ross House. I've been the director for about 12 years now, but when I started out, I was the curator, which meant I was in charge of all the artifacts. So I made sure that they were taken care of and they were stored and exhibited in ways that um, would keep them safe so that we could examine them and look at them for many, many, many years to come. Um, I was also in charge of um, any documentation about the artifacts. So um, for instance, if I had a pencil, this pencil could mean nothing to you, but if I know the story behind the pencil, I know the pencil belonged to an important person and I know it came to us from an important person, that makes that pencil special. So it was my job to make sure we had all that important information about our artifacts and it was kept in um, an organized way. Now that I'm the director, I'm in charge of all of the people who work here. So I make sure that everybody's doing their job um, and enjoys doing their job. I make sure that we have fun educational programming for our visitors. Um, and I just, I help share Betsy's story and the story of other women from the 18th century. I also want, kind of want to talk to you about the, with the story of the flag, kind of what, what it still means to us today. Why somewhere like the Betsy Ross House is so important for, for kids and families to check out. Um, so of course we do share the story of the flag. That's why people know who Betsy Ross is and that's why most people come to the Betsy Ross House. But we like to share the fact 
that making that flag was an important job. That was Betsy Ross's job. She made money from making that flag. So she was actually a trained upholsterer. So um, today you might think of an upholsterer as somebody who puts beautiful fabrics on on chairs and, and um, uh, any other sort of seating, um, cushions, that kind of thing. In Betsy's time, she was more of like an interior designer. So she made curtains and bed coverings and mattresses, and she stuffed and covered chairs like we know of today. Um, so when the war happened, people weren't really coming to her to say, hey, could you decorate my house? They had bigger issues they had to deal with, but she had to continue to make money. So she was fortunate enough to be visited by an important um, group of men um, from the flag committee. It was George Washington, Robert Morris, and George Ross, and they asked her to make a flag. So it was really a commission. She was doing this because she needed needed to make money. Um, so I think it's important for people to understand that this was an important job, but it was also a dangerous job. Um, she was c committing an act of treason. Um, this was a symbol um, of this hopefully new nation, which was um contrary to what the british wanted so she was actually taking her life in in her, you know she was actually doing a dangerous job by making this first flag um so it just shows you know i think betsy's story um is one that we need to consider when we think about the resiliency of women and the importance of women and even though betsy ross couldn't pick up a musket and and join the soldiers on the battlefield she played her part um in america's freedom Absolutely. And you know, the flag, you know, based on the design that she created, it's changed a little bit, but you could still certainly recognize it. And that's still something that people rally around today. Absolutely. Yeah, it's an important symbol. Let's talk a little bit about what the flag means to us today. Like, would, what do you think Betsy would have thought, you know, 200 and almost 50 years later? Right. I think she would be really surprised to see how often you'd see the flag around today. Um, in Betsy's time, it was simply a tool that you used on the battlefield. It was a way to identify um, your side, basically. So this 13 star flag with 13 red and white stripes in the blue field was simply meant to be used to identify the American troops um, on ships when they were fighting battles on, on the sea and on land when the militia was fighting. Um, you really wouldn't see it hanging on buildings. You wouldn't see it on clothing. So I think Betsy would think it's a little odd and very interesting um, how we use the flag today. Yeah, so you spoke a lot about um, the artifacts at, you know, at the Betsy Ross mm -hmm. house. So can you tell us a little bit if when we visit the house, I assume we will see some flags, of course. Um, what, what other kind of artifacts, what are there to see? What is there to see, excuse me? So, this house is interpreted to the period in which Betsy lived here. So Betsy Ross moves all over the place in her lifetime. She was never, she, it, a lot of people are surprised to hear that she was not famous in her lifetime and she was not wealthy. Um, she was like an average person, just like you and me. And she, um, in her time, couldn't afford to own a house. So she would rent houses or rent rooms in houses. So when she lived here, she was recently widowed. Her husband had just passed away. Um, she didn't have any children, but she also didn't have a lot of money. So she only lived here for three years and she only rented her, her bedroom and um, the upholstery shop where she can continue her business. So when you visit the Betsy Ross house, 
it's set up to the period of 1776 to 1779 when she lived here. So you'll see the parlor where we believe she met with the flag committee to discuss making the first flag. You will see um, the bedroom of somebody else who lived here because this was a boarding house. She didn't live here by herself. Lots of other people lived here with her. Some of them were probably strangers. So again, making that flag here was quite dangerous. She didn't know if the people who lived here with her um, were on her side or not. You'd see her bedroom. Um, you see an 18th century kitchen and of course her upholstery shop. And these rooms are furnished with um, furniture that you would see in other 18th century middle-class homes. I think what makes the Betsy Ross house so special and so unique is that most homes that become historic house museums once belong to people who are famous or rich or powerful. They often belong to men. Um, they don't, these historic house museums don't always talk about women and the diversity of the people living in America. But we're really special because it's the home of a working class person. So most houses that are now museums aren't the houses of average people. Um, so you'll see, you know, some chairs, but not fancy chairs. You'll see tools she used in her upholstery trade. Um, so things you don't always get to see in other historic house museums. Yeah. That is wonderful. And um, tell us where you're located and, and what, uh, we're recording this during the pandemic. You never know when, when people might be listening, but what, what is available for, for kids to experience now? So we are in the Old City neighborhood of Philadelphia. So we're on 2nd and Arch Street. So when you walk around Old City, you'll see a lot of other buildings that look a little bit like this one. Um, they, 18th century row homes look very similar to one another. Um, so we're a cute little row home, 1200 square feet, but we have a great courtyard. And thankfully we do have that courtyard because during this pandemic, we've been able to move a lot of our programming outside, which makes it much safer um, for visitors to experience. So when you come to the Betsy Ross house, you will meet Betsy Ross. She is in our courtyard and she's sharing stor stories about her life and she you can ask her questions, anything, you know, if you wanna learn about her upholstery trade or her children or anything you'd like, she'd be happy to interact with you and answer your questions. Um, and then you get to take a tour of the historic house. And we have lots of safety measures in place with, you know, we've limited the capacity. We have hand sanitizing stations throughout the property, masks required. So you can feel assured that you're gonna have a safe experience here at the Betsy Ross house. Doesn't visiting the Betsy Ross house sound like fun? I love going to historic houses and especially meeting the characters who play real historic people like Betsy, who we're gonna to talk to in just a minute. First, let's just talk about why we even needed a flag. Well, the fighting had started in the American revolutions and when you're out there on the battlefield and everything is a little bit crazy, you have to be able to tell whose side who is on. Are those the good guys over there or the bad guys? Are those on my side or their side? If everybody has a flag, you know exactly who they are. So on June 14th of 1777, the Continental Congress decided it was time for an official flag. Here's what they wrote, resolved that the flag of the United States be 13 stripes, alternate red and white, that the union be 13 stars, white in a blue field, representing a new constellation. A constellation is a group of stars that makes a picture. 
So, as you just heard, they went to Betsy Ross to get that flag made. But how did she do it? What materials did she use? What did she get to pick for herself? Well, we're going to meet Betsy now and find out. And just like with every other episode, we will have more things available on the website that go with this. Things like coloring pages and videos, and even a very special video from Betsy showing you how to make a star just like she does. So you're going to want to check out growingpatriots.com. First, I think I should tell everyone exactly who I am. I will wonder that everyone knows that we have many different names sometimes. My name is Betsy Ross, and that is how everyone knows me. But if I would say all my names together, it would be Elizabeth Griscom Ross Ashburn Claypool. I am no longer a young woman. I am best known as Grandmom Betsy. The question about how I came to make a flag. It came because I have made something very special for a very important man. And that man's name, George Washington. I hope someone has heard of George Washington. We certainly have. I'm glad to hear that. I had made bed curtains for George Washington. And that is why he knew who I was. And a few years later, a few years later, George Washington asked me to sew a flag. That is wonderful. And was he, um, one of the questions we have from the kids is, was he proud of that flag that you made? What did he think of it? Will I be honest with everyone? I never knew exactly what George Washington thought of the finished flag. Because when I made it for him, he was a very busy man. That flag was surely delivered to him. And so he never saw the very final flag while I was there to see what he thought about it. But I can promise one thing. I knew that George Washington was going to be pleased with the stars on the flag because I changed them and I showed Washington how I could make very special flags with stars on them that would have five points. And that I knew he liked. That is wonderful. So, and then Reagan was also wondering, with the colors, did you get to choose the colors? Oh no, it was not my choice to choose the colors any more than it was my choice to choose the stars or the stripes. The colors, red, white, and blue. They are the same colors that are found in the flag of England. And that is why they are in our flag today. 
And what do those colors mean? Decide for thyself. Decide for yourself. No one has said what the colors officially should mean. Well, that's a little bit different than the seal of the United States. And that's a very special uh, picture uh, that will be used uh, to represent our country. Uh, those colors were talked about, and perhaps we can think that they could mean the same on our flag. So red, when we think of red, we think of bravery, being brave. White, we think of being pure, of being innocent. And when it comes to blue, we might think of persevering, going on in hard times. And blue might also remind us of loyalty. The colors, those are wonderful things. Those are wonderful things to strive for. Yes, yes it is. When when it came time to make the flag, how did you make it? What what materials did you use? How was it all put together? Tis a very good question. When it came to the flag, there are certain kinds of cloth that are used for different purposes. And when it comes to a flag, the cloth that I like to use is made of wool. And that might surprise everyone. Wool that comes from a sheep. Why would it be used for a flag that will be used for a navy? Well, wool will resist all the weather. And so it is the best choice and it has a special name. It is called wool bunting. Bunting, very loosely woven so that the air can go through the cloth and the flag can fly. That's so interesting. And then, so how, how did you put it together? How is it sewn or was it sewn? It's sewn stitch by stitch. And that means young friends that I must use a needle, I must use thread, and I will use a thimble on my finger that will push that needle through the cloth. And I take one stitch, another stitch, another stitch, and it will take thousands of stitches sewn one by one by hand. There is no machinery that I have that I can use to make a flag. Gosh, that must have taken a long time. Did you have any helpers? When I made my first flag for George Washington, I was a young woman and I was only 24 years old. And my husband, John, John Ross had died and we had no children. So I was very alone when I made my first flag. But remember, I said I have many names and I'm known as Grandmom Betsy. And now when I make flags, I have my daughters 
And I know that my granddaughters, as they are getting older, they will all be helping me in making the many flags that I make now. That is wonderful. So our young friend Adrian was also wondering, did kids get to see the flag? Would they have carried it any time or did they get to interact with the flag at all? Did children get to use flags? Yes. Is that the question? Yes. That's a very good question. I must admit that in my own time, flags are not usually used by families or by children. Flags are usually used by the armies and by the navies. So they will be carried into a battle by the men and those flags will also be used on the ships. But sometimes, even in the armies, the young people will be um, nine years old. That might be a drummer boy. And it's very possible that a drummer boy might carry a flag, but not usually in your family. So I want to talk a little bit more about in your time. What, what was a flag for? Flags were used, as I have said, to identify us. We needed to know who was our friend, who was our enemy. Remember, we were fighting a war to be free from England and flags were very important. But they have come now to identify who we are as a nation. Are we being brave? Are we being loyal? Are we being pure? Again, flags are important to us in many different ways. Yes. What would you think if I told you that in the year 2020, people had flags on their clothing as a symbol or in the front of their house? What? what well, would I'm glad I'm not sewing all those flags. But I would think putting them on a house would be wonderful, especially during the celebration of our independence, which comes on July 4th. From the very first time that we celebrated our freedom from England, July 4th of 1776, we would like to show how much we were happy to be free. And I would think that having a flag at that time would be very, very good. I think so too. So af after we declared our independence and um, you were asked to make the flag, how did you feel? Who, who came to ask you and how did that make you feel? A very good question for the children to ask me. I have told everyone about George Washington and I told everyone he did come to ask me to sew a flag, but he was not by himself. There were two other men with him. Now, one of the men was a very rich man. His name was Robert Morris. The other man who came with George Washington was my late husband's uncle, and his name was George Ross. And so it was three men, General Washington, George Ross, and Robert Morris, 
who came to ask me to sew a flag. How how did it make you feel to have these three very important men ask you to make I know. something Elsie, being a grandmama, we don't always remember everything the first time, but the children are very patient with the grandmama. And it has been so many, many years since I made that flag for Washington. Gracious me, it has been more than 40 years ago since I made that flag. And I seem to remember that I did not feel afraid, although I understood the flag was against England and it would be dangerous to sew it in my shop. I had to sew it secretly upstairs. But I also remember feeling grateful. That's something we don't always feel. We should remember we need to be grateful. I was being asked to be a part of our freedom. I was asked to sew a flag that would identify who we were. I was being asked as a woman to contribute. I could not pick up my gun and fight for freedom, not as a woman in my time, but I could pick up my needle and my thread, and I could use my skills to sew a flag that would help us to win our freedom. Grateful to help and proud that I was asked. That's wonderful. Yes, it is It is important to remember that women couldn't fight in, on the battlefield, but there was there were still lots of things that they could do to help. Very important to realize perhaps the children would like to know that after I had made that flag for Washington, I did not stop making flags. I continued to make flags and I received orders for dozens and dozens of flags. But I also helped our war, our ability to be free from England by making cartridges for the soldiers' guns. I must quickly explain what a cartridge is. That would be the bullet wrapped around paper with black powder inside that paper. And these would be needed by the thousands. The men, they didn't have time to make all of those cartridges that held the bullets. And so women, Many, many women helped, and I was one of the women who helped to make the cartridges for the soldiers' guns. Gosh, was it scary to be making flags and cartridges and other things in secret? Well, I wasn't foolish, my dear. I did not tell everyone what I was doing. Most things could be made privately. I made the flag for Washington secretly, upstairs in my bedchamber, and I seem to remember making the cartridges in the cellar of my home, where I lived at that time, and that was on Arch Street in the city of Philadelphia. Goodness. So while you were making those flags, um, are there any stories or any particular memories that you think the kids would really enjoy hearing about? Oh, now. 
I have to ponder about that. Oh, I think there is. Remember how I told everyone that I had a very special way of making my stars and that I did show it to George Washington. I think perhaps, although the children cannot see what I am doing, I am going to very carefully explain what the difference is between the stars that Washington wanted and the stars that I wanted. Washington had come with a drawing of a flag and stars were going to be in rows. I thought they would look much better if we put them in the shape of a circle. So imagine a circle of stars. And could I put as many stars as I wanted? No, there had to be 13 stars, one for each of 13 colonies, and which would become our 13 United States. So think in your minds of stars in a circle. Now think about a star. It has a certain number of points. And George Washington had wanted stars with six points. And yet, it might surprise everyone that at that time, when Washington told me to make six-pointed stars, I picked up the piece of paper, just like I could pick up my pieces of cloth, and I began to fold it several times. And when I finished, I showed George Washington that I had made a triangular piece of paper with one point. And then all I would do would be to take my scissors to the cloth, just as I was showing George Washington in my shop, and I would cut the cloth like I was cutting the paper to show him. One time, I hope everyone heard me cut my scissors there. And then I would have made a triangle. Now children, everyone knows how many sides are on a triangle. One, two, three. But my triangle was magic because I had folded it many times. And when I would unfold the triangle, it would no longer have three sides. It would become a star that would have points, not six, but one, two, three, four, five points. And I could make that five-pointed star with only one cut of my scissors. Imagine that. Imagine indeed. And George Washington was duly impressed. Goodness, that is a wonderful story. I'm sure he was. I'm glad that I could share it with the children. Perhaps someday, 
they would be willing to come and visit me. And then I would be able to show to them with their own eyes exactly what I had shown to Washington, how to make a five-pointed star with one cut of my scissors. That would be wonderful. Why don't you tell them where they can come see you? Oh, well now, gracious me, I live with my third husband now in Philadelphia and I am very busy as my daughters and my nieces as they help me with making many different flags. Again, I am Grandma Betsy. But the home that I lived in, when I made my first flag for George Washington, is upon Arch Street. And when I was a young woman, I lived in that home. And I'm quite sure that if the children would like to come to visit, well, perhaps they will meet me when I was a younger woman and known of that name, Betsy Ross. I had so much fun today learning all about the flag and speaking with Betsy about how she had her own contributions and what she and other women did for the war. I learned a lot, did you? And don't forget to visit growingpatriots.com to find a video of Betsy showing you just how to make one of those special stars like she made for George Washington. There are other resources there like coloring pages and other videos. And you can always stop by our social media. It's at Growing Patriots at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Can't wait to see you next week when we talk about Washington crossing the Delaware River in the middle of winter. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for liberty. And they fought so we would be. America, land of the free. Distributed by FCB Radio Network.